Imani ni dago, usiepe ni aroduto Umiyo wapari sechete Happy New Year and welcome to this brand new year, 2021. We have had over 100,000 streams across all platforms during this holiday period. Our listeners have come from across the world. This story in Kenya about a journalist who went missing has connected with so many of you in such intimate and profound ways. We've received comments from as far as Australia, Canada, the United States of America, France, and of course Kenya, amongst others. And I want to thank you all very much for your listenership. Most of you have shared your ideas, suggestions, and comments on who you think is culpable, what clues to follow, and what direction the investigations should take. So this is a bonus episode addressing all of the questions and leads that you have been sending us. While many of your questions and suggestions have either been addressed in the previous episodes or will be addressed in the last episode of this podcast, there are a few comments and new information that we can address. First off, let's start with this comment from Kambanja Rafa's grandson, who asks, please find out if the house Bogonko was putting up for his beloved mom was ever completed. I feel there is work for us to accomplish. So we followed this up And we can inform you that that house has in fact never been finished. We will, in our next episode, address the family situation as it is currently. But you're absolutely right. This is something that friends of Bogongo and anyone else can help the family if they so wish. So thank you for that comment. We've also, in the course of rolling out this podcast, heard from Bogonko's employers at AFP. And Marie-Laura Mungai, who wrote to us, uh, said this. I just listened to the first two episodes. Really great work, Vincho. Bosire. That's how we used to call him over there, was my colleague at AFP from 2006 to 2009. We tried to help him fight his demons repeatedly, but failed. His tragic downfall and subsequent disappearance haunts me to this day. A small note, um, the interviews in Swahili are not translated in the podcast which is a shame for non-Swahili speakers like me, as I'd love to know what his friends and family are saying. Congratulations again, my friend. 
Well, Marie, I'd be happy to inform you that you really didn't miss anything. Some of these emotions could simply not be translated. And a comment here from Anthony Moland, and he writes, As I recall, Bosira first set foot in the AFP office in Nairobi sometime in May 2002, looking for work. There was a major scandal at the time involving fake jobs on cruise ships, which saw thousands of Kenyans scammed out of their application fees. I had no idea who he was, but was happy to give a guy a break. So I asked him to go and collect some quotes from the irate and desperate scam victims who had lined up outside the offices of a company involved in the hoax. He calmly pulled out some sheets of paper from his jacket and said, uh, quotes like this? And thus began his long-term residency at the International Lifehouse, which is where the FP was domiciled until they moved. And so on this episode, we've compiled some of these comments and questions received. And we also brought a person who knew Bogonko from a time in his life. You have had her on the early episodes. It's quite interesting, um, especially to listen to other people, family, his friends, his colleagues, and just see the way the stories are just the same. Like they're just connected in some way that this is the guy that I knew, you know, in, but now in different perspectives or different uh, views from different people. This is fantastic. I'm very grateful that you did this. Thank you first for you guys to allow us to, you know, get into sort of your space. Uh, it is a very intimate space, you know, and, and we spoke to so many guys. But the thing that was very consistent uh, when we put all this material together is the consistency of the man, that he was the person who the people in the village said he was, the people in college say he was, the people that worked with him said he was. You're such a consistent guy. Very. And that's, and, and that's what I liked about him. He wasn't pretending to be someone he was not. And I think for me, he's, I was thinking about this just the other day. It's, it's surprising. I was just thinking about the way, he, the kind of person he was. He was real. Like, he was such a real friend, you know? Like, you knew if you, do, if you did this, th this would be his reaction. If you knew that um, when you say something that would make him angry, he would be angry. Like you just, you just know the guy, yeah. and that for me was fantastic as a, a as a person. Um, you're with Vincho, our producer, when you know just doing part of the interviews. So let me just pull you back a bit to now searching for him and asking for all these questions. One, it's very strange that seven years later uh, we don't know anything about him. And this podcast is the only thing that actually has come through seven years later. When you're doing these interviews, do you remember a time and space and, you know, what stood out for you on the people that you interviewed with Venture Together? Uh, what stood out for me? Um, that... <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting... <laughs> 
it's um, just knowing that he existed and um, we are not so different from each other and it's like um, when I listen to this it this, the stories or the interviews was that maybe we had some kind of connections to him in some way and <laughs> that's that's um it's sad for me that um I am here talking about this I shouldn't even be here and um yeah have you had anything as someone who knew him have you had anything in the podcast that was that shocked you that was different, maybe said by someone else, or an incident that you say this is out of character for this man. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I don't think there was anything shocking because I, as I said, Bogonko was that kind of person. Uh, this is what I think that he would take you for who you are. So his reactions would be how you take him to be. So. Help me with a few things that listeners have struggled with. One of it that stands out and is a complete thing is why was he rough? Why why did he just leave his hair, you know, perhaps wear the same clothes? What why was he rough? Help us understand. Let me tell you, I have no idea. I have no and that those were the things like from the beginning. I remember when um I was reporting to KMC the first day I met him. It, it's funny we were admitted at the same time and uh, we were looking for desks and chairs and I just saw this guy and I was like, oof, my gosh, what? who is this person? Like, why are you like that? But you just learn to accept the way he is. But I will say this, what people were saying. They were saying, like, these brilliant people usually don't take care of themselves. They don't. Like, they, they're the ones who drink, they're the ones who are just rough. But their minds, their brains, brilliant. So for me, that's how I took him to be. And I accepted him the way he was. And, and that's because even I know of other people who are just the same. Which leads me to the next question, again. Um, and, and people have asked this. We, we sort of alluded to the program, and, and everyone told us, and we got the impression that he was brilliant. He writes very well. You know, he was in charge and the editor of the magazine uh, in KMC, the college. Uh, in high school as well, we are told the same. And then, of course, going to FB. And so we got this image of a very brilliant guy and, and people called him genius and things like that. What incident for you uh, can you give people who didn't know him and who are struggling with how do you guys how are you guys calling this guy a brilliant guy what what gives it away i will tell you in college oh he knew everything he was so beyond us like i think he was like 5 years ahead of us in terms of knowledge i think he read so many things and he internalized that and even um like when we're doing exams I'm trying to copy his answers. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, he's just quoting writers 
um, professors, just people I had never even heard of. And I'm like, okay, this question is so simple, but your answers, your answers are just beyond this world. Like how? How do you, who are these people? How do you even get to this place? Like if you compare my answers and your answers, I goodness, you know, we are not even supposed to be in the same college. You're not even supposed to be here. You're supposed to be somewhere where brilliant genius people are. So those those are the to me, I mean, when I knew him from the beginning, that's when I knew. Yeah, I crush on you. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I think maybe, maybe. I mean, from the rumors that I had. I think you know. I th- I know. Yes. No, but he had crushes on on other people. Who? I think. Who? So I don't know. So. Exactly. <laughs> it was you uh-huh. who was deskmate. Yes. Joined college at the same time. Mm-hmm. Gives you the premium paper, the nation, and gives everyone else other things. Mm-hmm. Why? I just thought allows you to copy his exams, <laughs> which I didn't even I wasn't even able to copy. <laughs> I I just thought maybe yes, it was a crush, or maybe he just liked me as a person. But some instances would let me know maybe it was a crush. Hmm. What instances? <laughs> so did you? ever know him to have a girlfriend did he ever ask you out and this this, this interpretation is what you've said now because everyone said uh, I took him as a brother you know it wasn't anything really why I really I, I don't know I also took him as a brother <laughs> <laughs> not in a bad way by the way if you know Bogonko you'd know when he talks about a certain person if it's female, you know that Bogonko likes that person. Yeah. Um, why was he looking for a one-legged woman? You ever heard about this before? No. Okay. What's the story? Um, Dennis Itumbi, mm-hmm. in the interview, said he was looking for a one-legged woman that was planning to visit 10 counties to find this one-legged woman. That was this fascination. What's that all about? <laughs> Bogonko was just crazy. <laughs> and and maybe maybe it was sort of... In parables. <laughs> That's it. It's a parable. I would have loved for him to tell me why. But I know he would have an explanation. He did that so that it can cover some part of his life that was missing. Yeah. To make up for something. But that's... (laughs) I don't know. Or maybe he was making up for the fact that... Maybe, I'm just guessing. That he he couldn't have like a normal relationship with women. We have tons of questions around his sexuality as well. Was he... Gay? Ooh. Gay? I, I, I don't think so. He was someone you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, if, but I don't think he would. Be, he was gay. I don't think so. By the, that's such a big question mark. 
Okay. Um, his alcoholism and his work um, at AFP and eventually him losing his job there, that was a big moment for him. It is a transition because he came straight from school, I think even before he finished school, and he started working at AFP. Then, you know, AFP, after about 10 years, this transition and alcoholism. What do you think happened? Because something happened. The Those are two different Bogonkos from, you know, from school to FP and then after FP, then starts Jackal News. You see, um, like when we were in college, I never used to know him as an alcoholic. Okay, he would drink, but not that much. And then, as I said, I went away from Kenya for like about five years. So I missed that transition from him being an al- alcoholic but when he came back to Kenya I would hear all these stories of him and uh, uh, it was a it was shocking and then uh, at the same time you know he got this job at AFP the offices are just you know at that time were still young so you're like wow this guy has this big post but why is he the way he is even I remember we went to his office and he was just in sleepers in everything he was drinking even i remember those i think there was a fridge and he would open it and he's like hey you guys drink and i'm like what what is happening what's going on you have this well-paying job why are you like this but you know the thing with him i came to realize then is that even if you ask him questions he wouldn't answer he wouldn't tell you what his problem was he wouldn't tell you why he's like that. He's like, ah, we watch a mimi napenda kukunywa. So, I mean, kuna shida gani? And I remember there was a time he invited us to his house in, in South B. You see, this is also another transition. I've never seen him. I knew him, Bogonko, from college, but I never knew him now as an adult living alone. So I was so impressed that he had his own house, he had his car, and... That, that was a different side of him that I, I I came to see and I remember we stayed in his house and there was alcohol again talking just being merry and then it got late he said ah you guys I'll drive you to to, to the city and then we were like okay so we enter his car let me tell you Bogonko didn't know how to drive <laughs> Oh he didn't know how to drive. He didn't know how to drive. <laughs> and that's when we were already in the car on our way. Oh my gosh. Bogonko is just some crazy guy. So how did you guys break it to whatever you're Wait, going? Me that time I don't even know the roads. Okay, I know this is Bunyala. This is Wapi Wapi. And surprisingly, we were just directing him. He's like, oh, how do I do this? We, we just, where? So for me, <sighs> and that's <laughs> so. And it was at night. We were scared of cops. We were scared of. I think even we went on the wrong lane. So I, to tell you the truth, I I really don't know what happened between college and him being drunk. What do you think happened to him? I remember just a few days before he he disappeared, he called. I mean, I received a call from him and 
I was saying hello, hello, and it was just quiet. But I could hear some kind of breathing, and I'm like, I don't know. So I'm conflicted in terms of, okay, so he, if he was pro-Jubilee, then I don't think someone would make him disappear. So I was thinking, maybe it's the Jackal News. Because the Jackal News was like a gossip uh, column. And I know Bogonko had this thing of, you could be able to tell him your stories. Like you, somehow it just make you tell your secrets for someone, something. So me, I'm, I'm just thinking that he said a story of the wrong person. So I'm like, it, can, it can't be political. It might be personal. Then again, when you hear some other stories, you're like, okay, maybe it's political. But I'm like, it, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. Like, I don't know whose toe he stepped on. Yeah, because I remember the day he disappeared, I think he was following someone's story. From from what I knew at that time. So, if he was alive, would have heard from him. He's not someone to keep quiet. No way. I, I can't even imagine him someone locking him up somewhere for all these years that's impossible he would create a ruckus he would so those are the demons that follow us all the time just being not knowing anything about him or what happened to him yeah um <clears throat> this this is a problem that now everyone has to confront we have this situation where people listen to us and you know what we manage to put together is so many dead ends yeah yeah and we still don't have answers yeah it's it's so unlike Bogonko's story it's so unlike it it just doesn't make sense how do you think if you were to write this story, mm -hmm. what the story because mm -hmm. your name, how do you think his story would have gone? I think like for everyone else it would be a curve. Curves of different kinds. Up, way up, way down, in the middle. But I know at some point it would end up with him right now being one of the best journalists. So I think it would end up in a as a happy ending that's what I believe it would ha it would have been difficult but in the end it would just have been fantastic with us making him telling stories making stories and us telling his story in a more positive way not this kind of way that we are here right now with so many silences, such a huge silence, and it's so unlike him, you see? It's so unlike him. I don't believe in silence of Bukongo. I don't. Thanks, 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 Peggy. Uh, thanks for reminiscing with us um, and helping us answer some questions from 
you know our viewers people who didn't know him and they just got to know him through listening to all the voices in the podcast and so this has been very helpful uh, to sort of close the loose ends if you like um, and yeah this story the podcast might come to an end but the story of Pokonko does not uh, and this is just our contribution to it hopefully someone else would pick it up and you know do something with it and take it to the next level maybe with better investigative tools and able to answer some questions that we have not been able to answer